Hello and welcome to The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle Radio. Each week, the sharpest minds and freshest thinkers in finance take you beyond the numbers and hype, right to the heart of the big issues of the day. Today, we're meeting another of the inspirational thought leaders and innovators that UBS supports and celebrates through its Global Visionaries programme. This time, it's the turn of Dave Power, CEO of the Perkins School for the Blind, the worldwide leader in education services for children and young adults who have multiple disabilities and visual impairments. Power's mission with Perkins is the undaunted pursuit of equal access, excellence in education, and a fundamental belief that every child can learn. Dave called in at Monocle's Zurich HQ recently to explain more about his work and objectives and deeply personal origin story with the Perkins School. Joining him in the Monocle Radio studios, and as ever, a welcome returning guest on this programme, was Tom Hall, Global Head of Social Impact and Philanthropy at UBS. And it was Tom Hall who began by reminding us about the principles that underpin UBS's engagement in this space and their recognition of the work of Perkins and Dave Power as a global visionary. Here's Tom. We want every individual to achieve their full potential. And disabled people are no different. And they have unique social and economic contributions to make to the world. And the way that you help unlock those contributions is through education. So that's one of those topics that we're passionate about, many of our clients are passionate about. But let's be honest, it's more complicated than solving the educational issues for the millions and millions of children who don't have access anyway. So if that's a big challenge, then it's an even bigger challenge to some extent to then address that for those children who have who have a disability. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. Well, absolutely. And Dave, perhaps you can talk to us a little bit, first of all, about Perkins. You obviously oversee the organisation's operations. There are so many different programmes and facets of that. Just tell us a little bit about the day-to-day, the mechanics of what it is that you do. So maybe before the how, I'd just tell a little bit about the who are children with disabilities. So these are children who have visual impairment, deafness, intellectual disability, physical disability. In the world today, it's a world of children with multiple disabilities. It's not a world where you know most of the children are either blind or only deaf. And these children transcend race, gender, geography, social structure, and wealth. Children have the same disabilities here in Switzerland and the US as the children we serve in Mexico, India, Kenya, and Romania and other places. They represent everywhere you go, they represent somewhere between 5 and 15% of the population. We focus on about 3% of the world where kids with visual impairment and additional disabilities. It's about 240 million kids. Many will not go to college or even have a job. Unemployment among blind adults runs at about 60% in the U.S. and even higher in other places. But at the same time, you know, our societies in the world has chosen inclusion as a value, inclusive education as a value. The UN's Sustainable Development Goal number four says that we're, we want to provide inclusive and equitable education and promote lifelong learning for all, and all means all of these children. So that's what makes this an interesting challenge to know about these populations. So you asked me, how do we do this? We do it in a very scalable and efficient way. We train teachers and parents around the world. So we already have the teachers kind of in place, you, you might think. We have in Boston the first school for the blind, which today is kind of like our learning lab. We have 700 employees. We have 400 of the most extraordinary 
special needs teachers in the world. They do intensive work with the students we serve in the Boston area, but all of that know-how from those teachers, we package up and we provide to train teachers really across the U.S. and across the world. And increasingly, we're using the latest technologies, online education, even chat GPT, to get this message. Ultimately, our goal is to every teacher and every parent of a child with disability in the world. And that's how we hope to become the unicorn that Tom uh, is looking for. Uh, well, yeah, Tom, let me come back to you. And it's amazing. What seems to always underscore these conversations is the extraordinary scale of the challenge the and, and a similarly extraordinary commitment from the innovators and these fearless and inspirational people like Dave and others to whom we've spoken. And that must really resonate with the clients with whom you have discussions about these topics, that there really is no reason to shy away from challenges at, at scale because you can point very directly to people like Dave, the work of Perkins, and show its demonstrable consequential impact. Absolutely. I love collecting quotes from smarter people than me. And, <laughs> and one of my favourites currently is Christina Figueres, who was involved in the in the 2015 COP commitment to, to, to one and a half degree increase or no, no more. And her quote was, have you ever heard of any good idea that started with defeatism? Um, which, which I really liked. And actually, I think what links our clients who are often entrepreneurs and business people is optimism. And optimism isn't naivety. We shouldn't mistake it for naivety. Optimism is looking at the actual problem you're facing and having the courage to believe that you can solve it. And then, you know, starting with first things first and then, you know, looking for models and opportunities that have the evidence and the business model to really go to scale and address the issue that you're seeking to solve for. And that's, you know, what we what we love doing at UBS and we see it as part of our services to is to go out and find those visionaries, those social entrepreneurs or actual entrepreneurs who we believe have a chance with the right support from our community of, of clients and staff and other partners that we work with, governments are critical as well to really, really go to scale. Well, Dave, let me come uh, back to you. And I think your experience is really intriguing in this space because we were talking uh, in another discussion about bringing some kind of market principles and to look in a more rigorous way at some of these challenges. And I think your background is really interesting. Obviously, you've worked for and led some really big players across all different disciplines and you you know you're a Stanford M MBA and all the rest do you think that it helps to bring this sort of interdisciplinary approach to some of these challenges presumably your own background is hugely valuable in making you ask maybe different questions and to look at things with a fresh perspective absolutely I, I do come from the software industry I was a venture capitalist and I'm, I'm you might say I'm an unlikely president of Perkins. I was undoubtedly a bit of a shock to the system nine years ago when I arrived. But all of the things that I learned about business models that have succeeded in scale have helped me to create ways to take the knowledge of these extraordinary teachers at Perkins and allow us to reach much larger audiences than ever possible. I want to give you one example of this. There's a new cause of blindness it's neurological. I won't get into it now. It's called CVI, cortical visual impairment. And nobody knows anything about it in the U.S. or around the world, and yet it's the cause of blindness in 60% of infants born today with visual impairment. So as Perkins, we have a lot of knowledge, so how can we get this out quickly? We created a website 
called cvinow.org. You could log into it right now. It's free. We created it for parents in the U.S. It's only in English. Just to give them a place to go to get basic information to get started as the educational system tries to catch up. Two weeks ago, I learned that CVI Now has been accessed in 180 countries. Okay, there's only 195 in the world, so and a few of those don't allow you, allow you to use the internet. So that's the extent of the reach. This is English language only. Now we're going to backfill this with online education for teachers or parents. That's why I know that we have a digital channel in place that we can reach over time. And we're not, we don't need government money because it's online, it's, it's digits, it's, it's knowledge. So that's the perspective I bring. I came from the information technology industry. Chat GPT will be the way that teachers and parents introduce themselves and ask, what is the best course for me? It's a natural. So this is where I see technology allowing us to take all the great things we learned, even going back to Helen Keller and deafblindness education and getting it out to every country in the world. An extraordinary mission. And, and Dave, I, well, I was going to ask you, I know your, well, the mission of Perkins is, is, is deeply personal to you. And I, I would like to ask you about your, your, your son, David, of course, because that presumably is the kind of a different sort of, of challenge and inspiration. If you would be yeah. happy to talk about that, I just think that's, that's another amazing sort of aspect facet of the, of the story. It, it is. I can only say I, it's a calling, I guess. But I mean, my son, uh, my oldest son was born in 1987, David, and he was born blind and hearing impaired and some intellectual disability. So he's an example of a child with multiple disabilities that we, is true in the world. And, you know, I learned so much about raising a child with a disability that every time I'm on the street and I see a family with a child with a disability, I have a connection to them. I know what it's like. They're, they've got themselves all together to be in public, but I know privately that's a massive lifetime commitment for them. I fortunately lived near the Perkins School, and so we uh, he went there. Uh, like a lot of parents, I joined the board of the school. They put me on the fundraising committee because I was a business guy. Then I was on the search for a new president 10 years ago, and uh, at the year, end of a year-long search, I raised my hand and I said, everybody, I think I need to do this. And I made a, a shift. I was doing venture capital. I was working with growth stage companies. I made this shift because I saw in Perkins these assets, these know-how, this, this international reach that I thought could be unlocked in using a lot of you know, technologies and models that I had seen worked in the, in the software information technology. So that was nine years ago. And uh, I have a, as I say, it was a bit of a shock. To this. It's a very different team. It's a very different, you know, kind of focus that we have, but it's very forward looking. We're, you know, I think about children, parents, ministries of education, donors as customers. I try to understand what is their need, what's the unmet need, and how can we serve that? And I know that's the answer to sustainable growth for any organization, private or public. And we have great momentum right now. I just want to say I'm so thankful for the relationship with UBS. Not only coming here, but UBS has funded some very interesting projects, including what I want to mention in particular. We're going to be, with their funding, helping Ukrainian children who are refugees in Poland, Romania, Slovakia, Moldova. We're going to be training teachers in those countries to work with those children through you know, the UBS Foundation. So it's been a great relationship there. But to come back, yes, I think my business background has allowed me to add a little catalytic ingredient that wasn't there at Perkins 
and that uh, I think is going to help us really get to the rest of the 239 million that we're not reaching today. Yeah, it's amazing. It's an incredible story. It's so inspirational. And, and Tom, just to come back to you there, you know, Dave's talked explicitly about the power of collaboration in this space. I mean, it must be, although you're, you come face to face with the detail of some really tough challenges, it must be, I don't know, a, a privilege and a delight to get to collaborate with the likes of Perkins with Dave and to see, I know we've, I've asked you this already uh, to a degree, but to see impact happen, it must just be br- such a, re- a rewarding thing for you and your colleagues and for those clients that you're working with. Yeah, I mean, look, I'd be willing to bet there's nothing better to do with your money than seeing it being deployed in a way that measurably and visually changes someone's life and that you know that the model that you're, in, you're investing in is scalable, that it's not just that one individual, but it's something that could touch, you know, as we were talking about, 239 million people. You know, that, that desire to help as many people as you possibly can, I think, is what, is what excites us. So when we find impact unicorns, to use that word, that we believe are scalable when they have the right business model, and I think bringing that expertise from, from the business world is critical. It's all about you know, the right intervention at the right price and working out the business model and the partnerships required to get that to scale. And think one of the things that struck me about the Perkins model is that they are actually, the data would suggest that through their train-the-trainer approach, using the learnings they've had from their hub in Boston and then disseminating that through digital assets, apps, all the different mechanisms that they're using, training teachers, is delivering disabled children back into the classroom at $2 per child. So their 2030 vision was $30 million for 15 million kids. I mean, that's, that's great value for money, if you like, in terms of, of the impact that you can achieve. But I also think it, it's, it's important to recognize, you know, that these things don't come for free. Like, impact doesn't come for free. Someone has to pay. And in some cases, that needs to be government. In some cases, that can be embedded in the business model. But sometimes it needs to be a transfer of value from donors or indeed from governments. And recognizing that if we want the kind of world which is also inclusive, we have to pay for that. Someone has to pay for that. But 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 if we can find a way that that's a reasonable, you know, figure and and that that transfer of value is worth it, like a two dollars a child, then that is that's a really powerful tool. And recognizing that all you're talking about is you know the additional investment that's required to unlock the potential of that particular child. And obviously, each disability is slightly different. It, the, the price to do that unlocking maybe is higher. Just give my own personal experience. I couldn't read until I was nine. And I needed some additional support, you know, one-on-one time for maybe a year to unlock reading. And if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be where I am today. So for me, this is quite deeply personal as well, that need for a, a really personalized approach to allow for for human flourishing, ultimately. And I think that's what models like Perkins allow us to do. They can say, look, we've got, here's the mainstream education system. Here's an overlay that can allow it to be inclusive. And obviously, by having all of these different options, which we have almost 300 recommended high-impact partners uh, through the UBS Options Foundation globally, we can hopefully meet our clients' needs to help them find solutions to the problems that they care about. Dave, let me just ask you a little bit about the problem of short-termism. I guess particularly we talk about having to the need to engage governments as well. So much finance and uh, you know policy direction is set by them. But obviously, a lot of politicians are working on a very different time horizon. Your uh, Perkins, the ambitions to expand to even more sites in more countries by 2030. 2030 is already outside the range of a lot of uh, politicians in, in certain markets who are necessarily often only thinking about two to four year cycles. How, how much of a problem is that? And are you reassured that we can get the buy in, literal and metaphorical, that we need from those some of those other stakeholders who maybe don't have skin in the game longer term? 
So with our model, we don't really work through governments, so we don't need to go through that checkpoint, if you will. I mean, we only work in governments that want us there, but our contacts are typically teachers and school systems. They know the Perkins name. It's been around a long time. So we're going in directly. Just to give you an example, in Mexico, just to make it very tangible. We had a, and, and our money typically comes not from governments, but from donors and foundations. So we had a donor in Boston that funded our, our putting together a model program. It's just two local teachers in Mexico in a school in Yucatan, Merida, Yucatan, called Tejo. Couple teachers, we took a public school and they, they gave us some space and we created an area for a young child with multiple disabilities. First time a public school had these kids, these kids were sitting at home because no one knew how to serve them. The success of that program was not only for that those students, but the parents were coming into the school, embracing it. We had the mayor of Merida coming in, proud of the work that now they had inclusive education in town. In Merida, there's no school buses. So it's actually the, the, the fire department takes some of the kids with multiple disabilities to the school so they can get there. So it turns out to be this a community event. And so one school turned into three because Merida, the Tejo school, trained two others. Then the donor gave us some more money. Now we're in 41 schools. Mexico has about 1,600 public schools. Our goal is to get every one of them, and we're not using government money. We're training the teachers that are already there how to do more, how to imagine and believe, as we do, that every child can learn, including a child with disabilities. Dave Power, president and CEO of Perkins School for the Blind. And before that, Tom Hall, global head of social impact and philanthropy at UBS. And that brings us to the end of this edition of the programme, setting the agenda in the fast-moving world of finance every week here on Monocle Radio. For more about all the global visionaries in the UBS programme, head to ubs.com and search Global Visionaries. To learn more about Dave's work and the mission of the team at Perkins, simply head to perkins.org. In the meantime, you can listen again to this and every episode, including our archive of other brilliant global visionaries at monocle.com and across all good platforms. This is The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle Radio. I'm Tom Edwards. Thanks for listening.